That's what United are. They're a trust fund. They're also a content provider. Yeah, a sitcom and football club is not really one of them anymore. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. I signed for them after the Euros and after my first day's training I was driving home I was actually thinking regretting it what have I done? Like I walked into a circus. It's amazing isn't it? Oh yeah, the circus, the, the wheel turns and turns and turns and turns. Phil, good morning to you. How are you doing, lads? Where's the merry-go-round taking us this morning? Ah, uh, you know, there's, there's only one club everyone's talking about after one weekend. After one weekend, it's all about Manchester United, isn't it? So, Marco Arnautovic, eh, eh, the, the fan backlash, in fairness, I think, like, they're going to get a lot of slack for not thinking that there might be some fan backlash. Yeah. But football is a complete bubble. They don't remember any of the stuff that Arnautovic did other than he scored a few goals for them when he was at, what is it, Film Drive, what's it called? Twente. Tilburg. FC Twente. FC Twente. Yeah. One, of those, one of those ones. Um, and then, uh, you know, he's pretty cheap and a bit of, bit of aggression in training. He's going to kick Harry Maguire in training. He's going to leave something on David De Gea at the corner. That'll, that'll toughen the hell up, won't it? That's all they're thinking. They forget about the racism and the accusations and the allegations and the suspensions. They don't care about that. Uh, and the transfer uh, yeah, of course of West Ham. And, you're yeah, supposed to think about those going things. Going off to China for a couple of years and just actually not being good enough to play for a club like Manchester United. It would have been interesting for a couple of games to see him and Ronaldo up front for the crack, just gesturing towards each other when someone misplaces a pass. But... If he was a better footballer, a much better footballer, I don't think that those factors would have been as important. I think if he'd signed in the middle, if he'd signed like first day of the season for five and a half million, first day of the transfer window, five and a half million, by the time the football comes back, everybody's forgotten and he's just a squad player and you're like, okay, grand, they've added a little bit of depth given all of the players who've left. But the business is being run so chaotically that everything they do is under this massive microscope and they can't, you can't point to a plan if you're signing him but if you'd signed five other players, if you'd signed Rabio at the start of the transfer window, it would have been fine, right? It would have been uh, acceptable, but it, it's coming off the back of the pursuit of Frankie de Jong, and it was all... That's it. Like, that's it. All that's eggs the were in that basket, but then this now goes back to being panic stuff, where they're looking at Rabio, then the Arnautovic stuff. I, I think regardless of... His, his past I think just in terms of his quality he shouldn't be at a club like Manchester United so I don't think they could have snuck him in the door at any stage um, I, I like there's probably some of those players who won't be good enough but who you sign who are squad players and yeah. who will play in Europa League or EFL who will do fine like he, he could have scored 15 goals for them this season in all competitions and played 10 or 12 Premier League matches off the bench and he might have been like a plan B to lob it forward when you're 2-0 sure down at home would he be happy to sit on the bench That's at this stage of his career at Man United I think so yeah do you know possibly but yeah the, and the money the money is so great the, and, and that's the problem like you said there the, the business has been so badly run and there was so much optimism when they got Ten Hag that here is a coach who has a plan but you've got to give the guy some tools to work with and he's brought in a few players 
I said this last week before a ball was even kicked it looked like he was going to be starting his first Premier League game with Fred and McTominay in midfield and that's how it transpired and it was a disaster Okay, so Ronaldo is the other big thing. In the papers this morning, it's reported that some of his teammates are unhappy with the circus around Cristiano Ronaldo. They don't like Ronaldo. Remember this? What, what's the downside of signing a great striker who, you know, won't Marcus Rashford learn how to, how to keep himself as, a, as, a, as an athlete and, and to finish in the, in the box? What's the downside? Turns out he's a royal pain in the ass, according to the players who aren't very good. Yeah, it's like, those this is the perfect scenario. Remember, he always passed one of those desserts, and there was a new culture in in place last season that he had set such high standards. But then you look at the game on Sunday, and Brighton score, and the cameras pan to Ronaldo, and he looks pissed off that not only have they conceded, but he has to sit there and watch this. So I can understand why players would be getting frustrated with the the circus around them. Where does he go? You know, he's not going to do a Gareth Bale and go to America. He's not going to go to China. He's not going to go to the Middle East because he wants to play in the Champions League. So straight away, he is obviously going to. Benfica are going to qualify. Could he? Could he cross the divide in Lisbon and like you know own the city, or would it set the city on fire? Who knows? But I just think if they want to progress and Ten Hag wants to take control of all this, they need to do it without Ronaldo. He'll score goals. If he stays there for the season, he'll score goals. And every time he scores, it'll be pointed out that oh, people say that Ronaldo's the problem if he pops up with a winner. But you've got to think of the bigger picture. And you know, Ten Hag is looking at trying to improve. But Have they not got Ronaldo kind of spot on? Because Ten Hag, if he looks at it from his point of view, he's thinking to himself, well, there's every chance that we don't sign a good striker. Hmm. So if that's the outcome from your transfer window, then you're better off having Ronaldo than not having Ronaldo if your best striker in your squad is going to be Anthony Martial. Yeah, uh, but that goes back to the failings of the club that they haven't lined up a striker that is one for the future. That is, or even, that is established and will be the future for uh, the next had, five years. They, had, they, had, they did. Some, some circumstances intervened that prevented them from having the guy that they thought was going to be their striker for the next 15 years. Um, he's currently on a suspension awaiting uh, criminal charges, or I don't know how, where, how far that's gone. But, no um, so, but when that happened, there was no plan B. There was no, like, let's sign some new young strikers and even if they got to loan them out. If you look at what City have done this year, they've sold a bunch of players who've never played for them for loads of money that yeah. has allowed them to break even, essentially, in the transfer window. Like, OK, it cost them a billion, a billion and a half to do that, but Man United spent the same amount of money and got yeah. almost nothing to show for it. No, and even, obviously, all the headlines have been about Haaland signing, but under the radar, they've signed Alvarez, who was a quality player that would get into most Premier League teams, and he'll score goals for City just shows how, how good they are when they, in terms of their recruitment. And, and so many clubs are so far ahead of United in terms of recruitment. Even look at the game on Sunday. Casado was playing in midfield for, for Brighton. This is a player that had been linked with United a few years ago. Now, what I would say, he's only 20. So if he had signed for United when he's 18, he's not going to play for the first team. It's a lot easier to break into the Brighton team and Brighton will probably sell him for an absolute shed load of money yeah. in a couple of years. And but that's buy, buy him and loan him out. That's what, what's what Chelsea would have done. You know, yeah. that's what City have done. Uh, generally, the, the players at City are loaning out are players that um, they have come through their academy. But Chelsea are happy to buy a player and loan him out straight away. And that's what Man United could have done with some of those players. Instead, I, like, 
um, every year they sign five players for 10 million mm. who we haven't heard of since yeah. anyway sorry who else are we talking about here uh, Cody Gakpo Cody Gakpo who plays for PSV so PSV are obviously going to play Rangers in the Champions League playoffs so they still have a chance of getting into the Champions League now it kind of got me thinking as well who's his international manager Louis van Gaal what did Louis van Gaal say to Urien Timber about joining Manchester United? He said, don't go near them. Now, on the flip side, who is Cody Hackpo's club manager? Ruud van Nistelrooy. So maybe he said, no, it's a great place to go. But he, again, he's a very talented player and he could be one of those players that it, it might take him a bit of time to settle in. And even though United are a club in transition and players should be given time to settle in, you don't get that time. At Manchester United and Eric Ten Hag is going to find that out and he probably already knows that after Sunday's defeat Where do you think they're going to finish? Well look they're not going to, I don't think they'll finish top four they were so bad last season and they still finished in the top six so I would imagine they'll still stay in the top six Are you sure that Newcastle and Arsenal aren't going to finish ahead of them? Well Arsenal finished ahead of them last season West Ham are the ones that missed out and that went to the last day if um if West Ham had won on the last day, United would be playing in the Conference League this season. But, look, it, it's very early days, so I think everyone needs to... I would say everyone needs to relax, but I suppose it's hard to relax when it is early days, but when the structures in place are not in favour of any coach that comes into that club, it, it's hard to know. Where did Liverpool finish the first season under Klopp? Was it seventh or uh, Well, eighth? his first full season, they got top four. But the, when he came in in October yeah. to finish that's a long time like yeah you know, they, got to a, they got to a Europa League final and but I mean, well, where did they finish in the league I think it was 8th in the end right so it's not beyond the band's possibility that Ten Hag is a good manager and has a terrible season absolutely it's, more, it's more likely yeah you need to see a terrible season this year nobody's pointing to think about Ten Hag and, and get rid of like so you look at that opening day of Klopp and his team that's not going to be Ten Hag's team like getting in that team is a bad sign if you want to be at the club long term, I would yeah. argue from uh, unless Ten Hag signs you. If, if you're one of his boys, you're grand. But everybody else is like, now I see what you're doing. Now I know why you got the last five managers sacked. Yeah, Four. and you have to phase out certain players, and you just can't do it all in one go. Uh, like they got rid of Pogba, which has taken a few years, and there's a few other players that they have to get rid of. But they have to bring in the right players to replace them, and. That's just where you would have very little confidence in them doing so. And so, like this week has proved it. Where, like Rabio, I said when we talked about Rabio on Monday, I said he is an upgrade on Fred and McTominay. But that is not a great starting point for. I, I agree. I, I do agree with that. I do think that he's fine to get in for fifteen, twenty million. That's that's actually mm. a fine signing. He's twenty seven. He's an international. You know what you're going to get from him. He's he's an improvement. So you're improving the squad. And I, like some other player will actually release him to be the third choice as opposed to your first choice week in week out I can see why that's okay business and I, I see your point on that as well but the deal's not done no the deal's not done no. it's been a whole week what are they doing well there was talk of them going to Monaco but they obviously got dumped out of the Champions League qualifiers last night by PSV so maybe that makes up they can't do business quietly they no. need to blah 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 like just yeah. do your business and, that, and that's it and I said how they progress carrying out their business like this year after year it just seems that whoever goes in 
is just doomed to fail. Yeah. Right, Timo Werner re-signs for Leipzig two years after leaving for Chelsea. He scored 23 goals in 89 games for Chelsea, which is more than I would have thought. I would have said 15. Uh, it didn't appear to work out. Why did it not work? 95 goals in 159 games for Leipzig. I just think that it, it went up a level. Obviously, the expectation, the, the price tag, he didn't hit the ground running. Also, at times as well, the way Chelsea played probably didn't suit him. And uh, look, He had obviously been linked to Liverpool. Now, I, Liverpool were never going to replace Sadio Mane a few years ago with Timo Werner. But if Timo Werner played in a Jurgen Klopp team, I guarantee he would have scored a lot more goals on the left-hand side. Maybe Klopp brings him next year on the cheap. But he went to Chelsea. And one concern you have for Chelsea, even under Thomas Tuchel, as good as they are and can be on their day, they can, they can match anyone. They sometimes don't look potent enough in attack. It's not that they don't have good attacking players, but they don't look cohesive enough. And at times with Timo Werner, it was slapstick stuff where, you know, he he'd beat a few players and then do you remember that Southampton game away from home last season where he did end up scoring, but he almost scored one of the goals of the season where he ran around a few players and then hit the post and Kai Havertz knocked in the rebound and you could see Werner was disgusted he was like okay we've scored but I should have scored that goal you know he had his his moments in the, the Bernabeu in that game against Real Madrid and the, the Champions League as well but it was just too inconsistent one thing is when he was playing he was always a bundle of energy and willing to run in behind opposition defenders no, but just couldn't finish he, he looked like a footballer he did I'm convinced that 80% of the 8 out of 10 wingers or attacking midfielders that have ever played football in Europe have played for Chelsea at some point and uh, a good percentage of those people are currently at the club and Timo Werner was thrown in amongst them because Romelu Lukaku was their number nine last season and he was competing with the likes of Pulisic and Ziyech and uh, Havertz and now you can show Raheem Sterling into that mix this season even though he might well play as a number nine for them at, at some point or maybe the guy who's leading the line for them uh, it is a very tough club to succeed at yeah. and I think that he was a victim of that as much as anything else Phil Liverpool's midfield options a little bit thin after the injury to Thiago which I guess we kind of have to expect at this stage of his yeah. career the way his injury profile is big time yeah like he missed he pretty much missed a third of Premier League games the last two seasons and you remember when he when he started there was this talk going around that he's actually slowing them down and he's the problem but that's absolute nonsense Is the win rate with, with Thiago starting last season was 88%. So fi- so they they won... Um, Not bad. 15 from 17. Then when he wasn't... When he didn't play, they won 13 from 21. So that dropped to 62%. It's clear when Thiago plays, Liverpool are a better team. But... So this is the problem Liverpool have in midfield. Even before this injury happened, I would have said at the start of the season, Liverpool are light in midfield. We know Jurgen Klopp will wait for the right player. And everyone thinks that that is Jude Bellingham, whether he goes next summer or not. But even if that did happen, I still think there must be another right player there because a lot has been made of the Liverpool front three, the the famed Firmino, Mane and Salah. It was about replacing them. So now, obviously, Mane is gone. Firmino has been phased out, even though he started at the weekend. But the midfield three, that was the success that the was built on to win the, the Champions League, to win the Premier League. Fabinho was brought in, then you had Henderson and Wijnaldum. Milner chipped in there as well. Obviously, Wijnaldum is gone. Whatever people thought about Wijnaldum in his last season, he was durable. He was available all the time. Yeah. 
Milner is getting on. He actually made an impact on, on Saturday where he came on. Henderson and Fabinho have both picked up injuries. So they're light there. You've got young, talented players coming through. Harvey Elliott, 19. Fabio Carvalho, 19. But the other three that I mentioned there, Henderson, Milner, Fabinho. Henderson and Milner both in their 30s. Fabinho, 28. So he's so got... Uh, uh, Nabi Keita, I forgot to mention Nabi Keita. A player that was brought in from Germany for big money and... You know, he doesn't has, has had the injury problems too. He's had injury problems as well, but it's hard to remember him having outstanding games. He's okay. Who's your who's your first first three? Thiago, if everybody's fit, Thiago, Fabinho, and Henderson, or Thiago, Fabinho, and I. I would go Thiago or Fabinho, Thiago, and Henderson. Um, but you can't play that midfield for the whole season, so well, you, you yeah. bring in Elliot. I think Carvalho. I think he's he's good to go. He's ready. Um, Curtis Jones, I think, is is behind those. Um, he's injured at the moment, anyway. Oxide Chamberlain. I'm amazed still at the club. Yeah, well, I, I think it's it's hard to sometimes get rid of these players if they're injured all the time. How do you say, like, you know, if you're trying to get rid of a player and you're basically hoping that they're fit for yeah enough time to get themselves in the shop window but Oxley chamberlain unfortunately breaks down too often not at this point yeah Phil good stuff that's uh, today's deal or no deal I signed for them after the Euros and after my first day's training I was driving home I was actually thinking regretting it what have I done like I walked into a circus it's amazing isn't it OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.